We're going to have a, just a very brief look at this psalm now. I'll try not to be too long. You know what they say, famous last words. But there you go. Um, I wonder if today you were caught up in the storm. Uh, we just went out for a walk and literally within a very short space of time, as we say, the heavens opened and we got soaked. But what do you do when it suddenly rains? You run for shelter. Your pace quickens because you know you need to get out of the storm and find somewhere safe to go. Well, this psalm is your spiritual shelter. Or shall I say, this psalm points to your spiritual shelter. It points to your God. It points to the God who made the heavens and the earth. And this psalm ultimately shows how Jesus himself ran to his Father. And how we, in Jesus, can have security forever. You see, as we enter a new year, actually none of us knows what's going to happen. Maybe we look back and there's lots of good things. And we look forward and there'll be more good things to come. But then we also know there will be mixed blessings. There will be sadnesses as well. And we need to know where we go for, for help, for comfort. Just like Carol's grandmother knew where to go. So too we need a place of security. And so I just want to very briefly consider David as he sheltered in the Lord. You see, David was in the midst of a crisis. Everything was clearly going wrong. And notice that what was going wrong wasn't sorted by the end of the psalm. It was still going on. It wasn't that he prayed and suddenly all his troubles just disappeared. You see, David lived in the real world. And we know that just simply praying doesn't make our problems always go away. What it does do is it means that we're sharing our need with our Father. We're casting our burdens upon him and he carries them for us and helps us through them. And David, here, he is facing foes. Verse 12, there are these foes who have malicious plans against him. There are these false witnesses who are rising up against him with all these malicious accusations. And before this, in verse 2, he speaks about the wicked advancing they're seeking to tear his flesh like an animal. They're wanting to tear him to pieces. David knew what it was like to need shelter, to need help. He speaks of an army besieging him and war breaking out against him. And yet, look at verse 4, we see his heart's desire. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to see him in his temple. David yearned for God's presence. We have to say that we often talk about TBC being the house of the Lord. Well, I know why we say that, because we meet and Jesus is with us. And in that sense, we experience something of God's presence. But when David said the house of the Lord, 
He was talking about the tabernacle, a big tent where God dwelt or was represented as dwelling. And soon that tent was replaced by the temple. And that temple represented God's presence. You know, even David wasn't allowed in that tabernacle. But he knew that tabernacle meant God's presence. So here he is seeking God's presence, wanting to enjoy God's presence. And he yearns to meditate on God's goodness. Did you see that phrase there? To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Beauty. It's a lovely word, isn't it? You go out into the open air and you see these flowers. And you see, um, we've got a Christmas cactus and it's full of flower. Well, they're starting to die now. But there's beauty there. Oh, God is beauty. But his beauty doesn't fade like our Christmas cactus or our poinsettia that's soon going to be dropping its leaves. No, no, no. When he speaks about gazing upon God's beauty, he's speaking about meditating on all that God is and his glory and his wonder. And he's doing this to build his faith up. Reminds me of... The passage in Exodus where God came down to Moses and Moses saw something of the back of God. He saw something of God's glory. And this is what we read. Then God came down in the cloud and stood there before him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. You see, he's meditating on God's beauty. And that's what we need to do, isn't it? We need to seek the Lord and gaze upon all that he is. And this comes out as he he writes... Notice how he starts this psalm, verse 1, the Lord is what? His light and salvation. The Lord is his stronghold of his life. He has no reason to be afraid because of all that God is. Of whom shall I be afraid? He knows the truth of Romans 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? And that's what he's meditating on. He is filling himself. He is fixing his attention, not on the problems so much as the God who is over all things. He wants to ensure that in this crisis, he does not dishonour God. Look at verse 11. He does not want to give way to sin. And therefore, he wants to walk in God's ways. Here is a man then who trusted God. Notice how he preached to himself in verses 13 to 14. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the hand of the in the land of the living. And then he says to himself, "Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord." Here then is a man who trusted God who knew what it was to know problems, and yet he knew where to go. 
And even though his problems were not sorted, he knew great comfort as he rested upon God. As we consider David as God's anointed king, we have to be drawn, therefore, to Jesus as the ultimate king, the very king that David is pointing us towards. Because this one came into the world to save us. Jesus came into the world. And remember that he too was facing enemies, Pharisees, and in the end, most of Israel. He was facing Satan and all uh, his unrestrained power, even though the Father was still sovereign. He was facing the curse of death that we deserve. He was facing even his own unique father turning away from him at the cross, verse 9. And yet Jesus trusted his father and sought to build up his faith so that he could be obedient even to death on the cross. You see, today, this, this, the hope of this psalm isn't merely because David, because God was with David, he is now with us. Rather, this psalm is actually far stronger than that. It's saying, because God has already proved himself through his son, Jesus, by raising him from the dead, triumphing over all his enemies, this evening you can have assurance that whatever happens this year, good or bad, God is still sovereign. And God is still working out his purposes. And nothing and no one can stop those plans from coming to be. Because our God has already fulfilled them in Jesus. We're just waiting for everything else to be applied to ourselves. Therefore, when we pray this, we've actually got more confidence than David. Because of Jesus. And so, as we go into this new year. Yes, we've got 15 minutes left before the new year. As we go into this new year, make verse 4 your prayer. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. And as you pray that through, remember that because of Jesus, you already know that reality. If you have put your trust in Jesus... You can come boldly to God's presence and he will hear you. Indeed, right now, we can know something of God's presence. But do we come into his presence and seek him? Do we meditate regularly on who God is? Because when we do, we can say, to, to quote a children's song, with Christ in the vessel, I can smile at the storm as we go sailing home. And so today, what do you know of this wonderful hope of seeking God, knowing his presence? Friends, it is only through Jesus, God the Son, whom the Father sent, that you can truly know the living God, and have access to him and enjoy him and to gaze upon his beauty. Use this psalm.
to remind yourself, therefore, of the one who came, who lived the perfect life, so that you can be absolutely sure in this world, whatever you face. Maybe that's a challenge for this year to, to remember this verse, this, this whole uh, chapter, recite it, learn it all off by heart, listen to it, meditate on it. What a blessing that would be. And you can keep reminding yourself of God's goodness to you. And you can say to yourself, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. Indeed, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Because that's our great hope, isn't it? Not 2024, but when Jesus will come and put this broken world right. Well, may we encourage one another with this great hope that the Lord is our light and our salvation. He is our fortress. For in a day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. Hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent. Well, may we be those who are forever gazing upon God's presence.